Welcome to Hills Podcast. Hope you enjoy our series, Pursuit. Don't forget to subscribe to keep up to date each week. Hallelujah. I was talking to the back and I said, oh, I don't know. The message kind of feels a little bit harsh. But, um, you know, God's good. Amen. Amen. But it's not. It's a good word. Amen. Amen. So the title of my message today is Pursue Love. We're continuing on with the Pursue series, Pursuit series. Amen. Um, and I'll talk a little bit about how I, um, or how I felt God unraveled this um, sermon a little bit with me. But before we do it, um, why don't we open up in prayer. Amen. Amen. Uh, Heavenly Father, we just thank you that you are an awesome power and mighty God. And we just want to give you all glory and honor, and Lord. And we just know that, that this word, Lord Father God, I just pray that it's your word. It's divinely inspired. And I pray, Lord Father, that each and every person that's sitting under the side of my voice will catch something significant from you this morning, Lord Father God. So that is my prayer for each and every person that is here. I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone says, amen, amen, amen. amen. Awesome. So um, pursue love. The original message was going to be, pursue love, not law. Um, and that came out pretty harsh. And just, you know, like, just praying and, and having God kind of um, deal with it. The message kind of evolved as sermons do when God gives you a, a word. So I decided to call it just pursue love, because I feel that's, that's a, a much nicer one than pursue love versus law. But I'm going to talk a little bit about... Um, about law as well and how that ties in um, to what, um, what I'm trying to get across or what I feel like God is trying to get across this morning. Amen. Um, also, um, it's not like a, when, when God was giving me this word, to me this message came across as how I felt God was um, kind of showing me how the church should be. Amen. So I hope that you uh, get a glimpse of... Um, God's intention and God's purpose for the church and for the body of Christ. Amen. Um, and it is a, 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 it can be, depending on how it goes, um, maybe a little bit harsh. So forgive me if I offend you. Amen. It's all about love. And I'll talk a little bit about, you know, just love on me. Amen. Because um, I do believe this is God's word for the church this morning. Amen. Um, so just a, re a, a recap about um, the, the whole pursuit series, I just want to clarify, when we're talking about pursuit of something, we're not talking about going after something until you get it. The pursuit is ongoing, amen? So you're going to go after something, pursue something, and it's not something that's necessarily attainable. You keep moving and you keep pushing in until you get it, amen? So in the, in the, in the, um, in the sense of love, when we talk about love, it's not something that you grasp and then have. It's something that you pursue and you reach a point, and you keep pursuing till another point. It's kind of like going from glory to glory to glory to glory. Amen? Um, Pastor Jay preached last week about uh, pursuing uh, worship. Amen? Um, and pursuing worship, and Pastor Afina spoke a couple of weeks ago about pursuing his word. That is a, a lot of that is about you're pursuing what God has for you. It's kind of like this way. But when it comes to love, it's more like this way. Amen? So it's... You pursuing something in response to the people around you. Amen? So we're going to talk a little bit about what that looks like in the church today. Amen? So I, I pray that um, if you hear something and you know that you can, uh, you still need development in that area, that that will be the gem that God places on your heart. Amen? 
Amen. So um, let's just look. I, I mentioned that I started preaching about um, law. Amen. So we're just going to dive very quickly into law and then uh, go ahead and talk about love. Now, if you look at law, one of the things that you notice about law, and if you're going to do a degree and study it, you're going to get a lot of interesting things about the purpose of law. But at its very core, in its simplest form, the purpose of law is to protect the people. That's why the law is there, is to protect you and me. Amen? So if we're talking about murder, when the government created, you don't do not murder, like in New Zealand kind of a thing. You know that's illegal, right? You can't go and murder someone. I'm not talking about spiritual law. I'm talking about actual law. The law is there to protect you. Amen? With all other laws, right? It's the same with God's law as well. He places his law there. It's to protect us. Now, personally, when I was going through this um, message and I was uh, kind of like trying to find, you know, um, God's law and what he was establishing, I thought the best way to find out what God's intentions for us is to go to the very beginning in the garden. Amen? Amen. And who knows this? Um, God didn't have much laws laid down at the very beginning. Amen? When God created Adam and Eve and he put them in the garden, he gave them one law. So God has his laws, but he gave them one law. And he said, do not eat of that fruit. Yeah. Amen. That was the law. Now, unfortunately for us, well, we all know what happens because we're here today, right? <laughs> so unfortunately for us, they, they didn't um, abide by that law. And then uh, sin entered into the world and things went a little bit downhill after that. Okay. And then from... For most of Genesis, God doesn't actually give us law. We learn from the mistakes of other people and God's uh, punishments of those people about what is acceptable and what is not, right? So when Cain murders Abel, God punishes Cain. I'm not sure I get the names right, amen? So we learn that, um, we learn from that, okay, that murder is not acceptable. And there's a few other things in Genesis where people kind of step out of line and God uh, passes judgment, Amen? Um, but it's not until we get to Exodus that he really gives us the law of Moses. Amen? We really establishes his covenant with his people. Amen? So I took this and I was like, okay, so clearly God doesn't want to give us a whole list of laws. He'll be happy if he give us one law that can sum it all up. Amen? So I think you can get where I'm coming from now. I mean, when it comes to the pursuit of love. Amen? Um, but it's interesting because even though the law is there to protect us, the purpose of God's law that he gave us in Exodus is not necessarily protection. Okay? He gave us his law so that we can identify sin. You all right? And, um, oh, that's up there again. Okay, so here's the scripture from Romans 7, and I love this version. So what shall we say about all of this? Am I suggesting that the law is sinful? Of course not. In fact, it was the law that gave us the clear definition of sin. For example, when the law said do not covet, it became the catalyst to see how wrong it was for me to crave what belongs to someone else. So here we see that, we, that, that the law that God gave us was for us to identify uh, what sin is. So now we have a more clear definition of what sin is in our life. Amen? That was just uh, uh, one example from Romans uh, chapter 7. Amen? Um, where am I? Amen. So that was the purpose of the law, to identify sin in our life. But as we go throughout the Word of God and as religion kind of creeps in, uh, more and more laws get added. I did a quick Google search 
on how many uh, uh, commandments there are in the Jewish, I don't know what it's called, you know, they've got weird, not weird, but they've got names, uh, 613 commandments. Those are 613 commandments on top of the, uh, the 10 that, that God established in the law of Moses. And I'm pretty sure you could find more. I'm pretty sure there's heaps of commandments there. But what happened in the, uh, what happened over time, what God had established to kind of like identify sin, um, over the years, people started using the law not to identify sin, but to kind of cover it. Amen. They started using the law to try and attain righteousness. Amen. But that wasn't the purpose of, of, of why God played or placed in there. It was for us to identify this is wrong. So let's, you know, walk in the right ways. But over the years, we see that it's become used to attain righteousness. And we see that very clearly when Christ walked this earth. Amen. Um. Christ was, Christ wasn't afraid to call people out, right? And he did. And I know that the, the Pharisees were trying to trick him up, but the Sabbath is a good example. They tried to trick him with the Sabbath. He called them out on that. You know, what did he say? He said that um, the Sabbath wasn't made for, man wasn't made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. We get the scriptures right before I, I quote it out, right? Amen? So you had people that were basically trying to earn their right standing with God. Okay, by doing things. Let's keep the Sabbath holy. We're not allowed to work. We're not allowed to do this. And then Christ turns around and says, yeah, if your sheep fall down a hole, which one are you? All of you will go and pick it up. Right? And he goes on, and um, I put this scripture up because this is pretty harsh. And if I were to say this to somebody, uh, Pastor Dafina will get a lot of emails. I can guarantee you that. Um, can we put that scripture up about the Pharisees? Listen to this. Your Pharisees and teachers are show-offs, and you're in for trouble. You wash the outside of your cups and dishes, while inside there's nothing but greed and selfishness. You're nothing but show-offs. You're like tombs that have been whitewashed. On the outside, they are beautiful, but inside they are full of bones and filth. That is what you are like. Outside you look good, but inside you are evil and only pretend to be good. Hallelujah. Someone say amen. <laughs> amen. Hey. Can you imagine if that was said in the church? <laughs> Woo. Hallelujah. Well, he was not afraid to call them out. Hey? Because they were good at uh, using the law to look a certain way, but on the inside, that was not, that was not really what was going on. Amen? They were the ones, you know, they, they, they came, they sat, they prayed, they did all their shandarama, shandarama, shandaramas, and then inside they're like, oh, you know, a little bit not so good on the inside there. Um, if I use Jesus' words, bones and filth. Amen? Amen? Amen. You can say amen. It's all right. I'm not talking about you. We're talking about, you know, back in the days. Eh? We're talking about like long time back in the days. Things are different now. We've got Jesus. Praise God. <laughs> amen. So they used the law in a different way to hide instead of to be transparent. Amen. Now, I know you're thinking, like, what's this got to do with me? Well, 
if you're one of those people, then you know the answer to that already. But no, but <laughs> I'm only joking. No. I brought this up to show how the word has been used across time. Amen. How religion, rather, has been used across time. Amen. Amen. And I thought to myself, well, this is interesting because we live in, a, obviously, a modern church. We don't use the word the same way that the, that the word is in used here. Yeah. But um, very often we can walk a very faint line between pursuing the law and pursuing grace. Amen? And a lot of the time when we walk that line, what we are doing is we're not hiding ourselves. We, we in a way, weaponizing the gospel. Amen? You all right? Okay. See, that's what I mean when I say it's kind of like a, 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 a harsh word. But in the church today, that's what we do. Not all of us, not this church. We'll talk about the church down the road. Amen? Pastor would like to say that so we could talk about them, no jokes. <laughs> right, but we take the word and we take the law and we become the judge and the jury. Amen? We become the judge and the jury. We uh, go to people... Well, not go to people, but we see people, and we like, ooh. You know, just yesterday, Angus was in the clubs, and now he's in the church today, you know? Party on Saturday, church on Sunday. <laughs> Praise God. You know, that's still the best place for him to be, amen? <laughs> he's not really party. I'm just using him as an example. But we sometimes do that. We don't want people to serve in the church because of what we think they are doing. And sometimes it's not what we think we are doing. People can make mistakes. Are you all right? Are you hearing what I'm saying? People can, I mean, no one here is perfect. Amen? But we say, oh, no, 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 that person can't pray at prayer meeting because look at their marriage. Oh, no, 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 that person mustn't come to prayer meeting. Are you all right? I'm trying to be very, like, polite with this message. Amen? But that's what we do. Right? And we forget that uh, the law was not there to cast, get this right, to castize people. The law was not there to disqualify people. That's not what God placed the Lord for. The, right? The word of God that we have today, it's a, a, a beautiful word of God that, that's designed to encourage us to pursue God and to become more like Him. And then we use it to... Uh, Cut people off, for lack of a better word. Amen? Now, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of things in the Word of God. Amen? There's a lot of things that, I, I mean, I don't think that any of us can actually live up to it. Right? But we shouldn't be using the Word of God to hold people to, a, to account to. That's not what it's there for. We're meant to support people to the Word of God. Amen? You know what I mean? Because we're all going to, at some point in our walk with God, make a mistake. Can you imagine if you're walking with God and you did something wrong and now all of a sudden people don't want you into the church? Right? I think the problem that a lot of churches over the years get wrong <laughs> is all right. Um, a, lot of, uh, a lot of problems that people in the church get wrong is 
They look a certain way. They dress themselves up a certain way. And there's nothing wrong with that, but we've got to be real, amen? Because people want to see realness, right? Amen? Are you hearing me? So this brings me back to, what does it got to do with love? Amen? He's the future preacher. Let him, let him be. He knows his place on the pulpit. I'm prophesying over him. Amen? So what does it got to do with love? I, I say pursue love because there's so many different ways that we can pursue uh, or that how we can address one another in a, uh, in a way that empowers the church. So I say pursue love because, like I said, there's a vision that I feel like God has given me about what the church should look like. Amen? And uh, the only way that I can describe it is through love. Amen? A kind of love that might be a bit uh, uneasy. Some people might not like it. Amen? Is that all right? Some people may not like it, but it's love. And to bring this across, um, I'm going to preach from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. You all know this, right? It's called the love chapter. It's a little bit of, um, just throw something extra in here. I um, studied the love chapter, and I kind of got a new revelation of the love chapter. But you always hear it at weddings. People always preach about it at weddings. And... um, while I was telling it, I was like, this is not a sermon for a wedding. I mean, the scripture, it talks about love, but it's not, it's, to me, it's not meant to be something that you preach at a wedding. And I'll explain why. Because this love chapter is not about your partner. It's about the body of Christ. And I think the problem that a lot of the church, and I say the church in general, the problem with the church is we treat our partner like we sh- like we sh- like we treat our partner the way we should treat our brothers and our sisters and we treat our brothers and sisters however we feel we should treat them amen so i've got this awesome translation of the word of god and we're going to go through it and I'm not going to compare it to your partner because who knows that this is where you treat your brothers and sisters when it comes to love your partner is up here because we're going to go through this love chapter but when god says your partner it is love Love, love your partner like Christ loved the church. And that's not just this. That is next level. That is prepared to be crucified. Amen? If you want to know more, speak to Pastor, Pastor Sini there. He's married. I'm not married, so I'm just, I'm just talking about what I feel like God was, was sharing with me. Um, so if you want to know more, um, go there. Amen? <laughs> okay. So let's just go through uh, this uh, scripture, and we're going to go through it bullet point by bullet point. Okay. Love is large and incredibly patient. Now, to me, all of this is how the church looks. Okay, not how you should treat your husband and your wife. You've got to be patient with them as well, but this is how the church should look. Love is large and incredibly patient. It should cover a multitude of things, not just the things that you like, more than that. Amen? And it's patient. Let me tell you something about what this looks like. I've been in this church for 10 years. I've been in leadership in eight. Sometimes I still come late. <laughs> Sometimes I'm still late to church. <laughs> I'm getting better at it. I'm getting better at it. What? Eight years of leadership and our pastor still graces me. That is patience. 
I mean, I, I, know, I know people that after two weeks and they're like, oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't worry, we're going to grace you too, Angus. <laughs> Angus broke a new record this morning. <laughs> Amen. So love is incredibly patient. And like I said, it's about how the church should look. When new people come into the house of the Lord and they are, are struggling to cast off some stuff, they're dealing with things, and you tell them, oh, brother, you just got to do this, and they don't listen. And you tell them, brother, you just got to do this, and they don't listen. And you tell them, you just got to do this. Love is patient. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. I don't know who that was for, but every one of us is for somebody here. So love is patient. Amen? Let's move on. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. Not just your family and your friends, to all. The person that you know for, what, 10, 20 years and the person that you've just met. Amen? Gentle and consistent. Am I reading this right? Consistent to all. Okay. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to somebody else. Amen? Don't the church need that one, eh? That's a revelation right there. Amen? We've got to learn to take pride in our brother and sister. Amen? It's all right to be happy for Angus. Yeah, that's right. eh? Even if you want a blessing, your blessing will come. God is good that way. Amen? It's on its way. But when your brother gets a blessing, take part in his joy. Yeah. Celebrate with him. Uplift him. Amen? Yeah. Okay. It refuses to be jealous. Did I just read that? Okay, love does not brag about one's achievements or inflate its own importance. Yeah. Mm. Who knows it's, it's all right to be good at something. And you know, this is why I like this one, because it, it, it exemplifies how all of these work together. If I get something, if I earn something, I don't have to boast about it, because I know my brother Angus is going to share in my joy. Amen? I don't have to be like, yo, I'm the man. I've got the mic. I'm preaching. <laughs> you see, I told you. First the platform, then the mic. Amen? Amen? So it's okay to take pride in what you do. It's okay to, to be good at what you do. Amen? But when love is working together, when you are walking hand to hand with your brother and your sister, then they will take pride in your work as well. You don't need to stand on the mountain and be like, I am the king. So help me God. You know? This is why it's good to have one another's backs. Amen? Because you're supporting one another in love. Okay. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seek its own honor. We call this in South Africa skinnering. <laughs> it means talking behind other people's back, whispering in people's ear. Hey, it's like, oh my gosh, Angus, do you know what Jordan did? Hey, hey. Oh, wow, yesterday. I need to make something up now. I don't know. Yesterday. <laughs> Yesterday he was drunk, I had to pick him up. Amen? <laughs> Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect. Who knows when you're talking behind your brother's back, that's, you're disrespecting your brother. Amen? 
You're disrespecting your brother. And love does not disrespect. Amen? If you want to talk to Jordan about drinking, go up to him. And this is what love does. Love helps correct. It helps bring people back onto the right path. So if you're concerned about your brother, you can go and have a conversation with him. How are you doing, Pastor Jay? Are you right? Things good at home? Amen? But I know, I know, I, 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 he has twitch. Hey, when someone says, oh my gosh, did you hear this? Oh, 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 what, what, what? Don't lend your ear to other people. Amen? Amen. So love does not traffic in shame. It does not disrespect and is not selfishly seeking its own honor. I think of this as when someone comes up to you and is like, oh, brother, I'm really struggling in this area of my walk. And then you go, oh, well, you know, I'm awesome in that area of my walk. <laughs> and then it becomes all about you. <laughs> and your poor brother needs your help. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So it selfishly seeks, it selfishly seeks, it does not selfishly seek its own honor. Amen. Because you're there to help your brother when your brother needs help. Right? Can you see what the, why I said I'm painting a picture of what the, I believe the, what the church should look like? Amen? Um, what's the next one? Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Amen? And I touched on that already, so I'm not going to spend too much time on that one. But it's basically when something goes wrong, you're not like, oh, yes, you messed up again. <laughs> now maybe I stand a chance because he mucked up. That's not how love works. Amen? Amen. That's right, that's right. Amen. Oh, I love this one. Love is a safe place of shelter for it never stops believing the best for others. Oh, wow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When it talks about that, um, we're not just talking about this house. I believe the church should be the epitome of that. This building, this physical building and its people gathered should create a safe place for anybody to come in and and open up amen but more than that the church should be a safe place that means when you are in life group and there are four of you gathered the church should be connect group thank you the church should be a safe place amen when you are at work amen and someone's going through something, you should be the safe place. That doesn't mean you must get your ear and let everybody be, open up a new counseling session. Amen? It's that you can empower people by believing the best in other people. When people are struggling in your workplace, you can speak life and hope and prosperity over them. Amen? And if they come to you, God bless them. You can lead them to Jesus. Amen? That is what it means to be a safe place for shelter. I mean, not just a physical safe place if they don't have a place or a house. A place for them to come to, to feel safe and secured when they need it spiritually and if need be physically as well, if you've got the resources. Amen? Amen. Okay, last one. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. Who knows that we are all going to fail? I've said that like how many times now at the service? We're all going to fail. But when we fail, that's not a kick out of the door. Amen? That's a, let me help you back up, brother. 
Let's see how we can move forward. Let's keep pursuing this together. You know, um, I was writing this and God said, we are the cheerleaders that the world doesn't know it needs. Amen? Did you catch that? Sometimes I feel like the world has turned their back on the church because of the history of the church. And, you, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on there. People feel like the church is arrogant and perfect, full of perfect people. That's not who we are. They don't understand what the church is. Amen? That doesn't mean we give up on them. Amen? So we are the cheerleaders that the world doesn't know it needs. Our job is to continue to believe, continue to pray, continue to press in, continue to empower one another, continue to cry out to the sons and the daughters that have gone astray and that is coming back to continue to reach out to all of Wainui Amada. You know, we say that Hills is not a church of the amount of people sitting in this room. The church of Hills is Wainui Amata. Amen. Amen. And even if we walk and we muck up, we do an event and it doesn't go the right way, we don't give up on the church. We get back up and we do another event. And if that doesn't work, we do another one. Amen? But lo and behold, there will come a day when every single person in this valley is saved. I believe that. Some might think that's not a practical belief, but I'm going to prophesy it anyway. Okay? You keep your doubts to yourself. Amen? <laughs> you let me prophesy. Amen? This is what love should look like in the church. Always pushing always supporting, always uplifting, always encouraging, not giving you ear to talk here and there, taking joy in your brother's successes, taking joy in each other's successes and victories. Amen? And it's not always going to be easy. Some people are hard to get up. Some people are hard to share in their joys. Let's just face it, I'm being real now. There are some people that, I mean, like, you tell them once, you tell them twice, you been what eight years you're still telling people the same thing and they still don't get it <laughs> amen amen we all know we've all got people like this that we walk with amen we're not all we're not all perfect i mean i just said that i still sometimes come late it's been eight years i wonder what pastor Afina's thinking amen it's changing now i'll prophesy that change is coming change is now change is now Amen. <laughs> but that is what love looks like. I use the scripture because it's a bit of a different way. But I really felt like this scripture sums up what love should look like in the church. How we should be treating one another. How we should be walking with one another. How we should be picking one another up. How we should be encouraging one another. Supporting one another. Having each other's backs. Not listening to, uh, you know, what's going around the river bend. Because a lot of things goes around the river bend. Amen. Half of it is not even true. Amen. Amen. So love. Pursue love. And the reason why I said, why I, I wanted to preach about pursue love, because it's not always going to be easy. And sometimes you're going to have to pursue it. I don't mean walk off very nicely. I mean, sometimes you're going to have to pursue it. And I mean pursue it. Amen. You're going to have to go after it. You're going to have to die to yourself and help that person out. Amen? And it's a learning journey. Amen? Amen. So, I've got the scripture that I want to share with you. Love is everything when it comes to the, the church and the body of Christ. Amen? 
And this scripture sums it up. Uh, it's 1 Timothy 1 verse 5. The final goal at which this instruction aims is love. Issuing from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and a sincere faith. Love is the goal of faith. Amen? I know a lot of us pursue faith, and there's nothing wrong with pursuing faith. I encourage you to pursue faith. We should pursue faith. We should pursue love. We should support, support, pursue righteousness. Amen? We should pursue, pursue all of them. But you can have as much faith as you want. You can have faith that, that can move mountains, faith that can heal the sick, raise the dead. You can have all the faith in the world, but... According to 1 Corinthians 13 verse 12, if you do not have love, you are nothing. I am nothing. If I have not, if I have faith to move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. I know we go, um, we talk about faith, hope, and love, and we talk about all the different other things. But the, as I said, the nail in the coffin, the most important thing of all. Is love. Amen. I feel like um, a lot of the problems that we as the, the church in the 21st century are going through is because for so long the church has been nothing but a clanging symbol. We're good at talking about things. Amen. But, and this is not all the church, don't get me wrong. The, ch the church has been awesome over the past few years, but the church has also got some things wrong. Amen. And unfortunately for the church today, um, a lot of what people out there remember is not what the church gets right. It's what the church gets wrong. Amen. And what the church has gotten wrong a lot of the times is they can talk the talk, but the love is not there. Amen. If I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy, but... Don't have love. I am nothing but the cranking of a rusty gate. I believe we live in a significant time. Uh, uh, you know, we have over the years gone through um, revival. I remember um, studying it when I was uh, new about uh, the God zone that was Aotearoa. Amen. I don't know. I wasn't alive back then. But um, that's when God moved in power over this land. And I believe that we are in a significant time because the church is, the church is being shaken. Amen. People are rising up. And it's good to be in the body of Christ come 2020 and beyond. Amen. Because people are stirring up and people are waking. And they are realizing what the purpose of the church is. Amen. Amen. So that is my, uh, my, my little insight that I wanted to share with you of what I feel like the church should be. And I don't know where, uh, where you are on your hawk. And I don't know what area that you are dealing with God. Amen. But I pray that you got a glimpse of what the church could be. Because I believe that when the church walks through love in such a, a, a full way, amen, in such a powerful way, I believe that we will start seeing revival. We will start seeing moves of God. We will start see uh, things happen that we have not yet seen before. And I, and, and I say this because the church has walked in love. And we've seen mighty revivals across the land. Amen. But I believe that God's going to pour out a new spirit upon his people. Amen. Yeah, I'll, I, I'll leave you with the scripture. The only thing you should owe one another 
is love for one another. For to love the other person is to fulfill the law. All these, all of these, you shall not commit adultery, you should not kill, you should not steal, you shall not covet, and all other commandments that they are summed up in the single phrase, you must love your neighbor as yourself. Love can cause no harm to your neighbor, and so love is the fulfillment of the law. Romans 13 um, verses 8 to 10. And I say that because I started off with law. And sometimes we can be so focused on what we need to do right. And while that's a good way to live your life, I don't believe that any Christian should go living with a standard that I would say is, 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 is yeah. We don't want to do Christianity just trying to do what's right. We want to excel on what is right. Amen. This should be where we're aiming for, not here. Amen. Amen. We don't go through our walk with God trying to do everything that we need to do right. Because there's a lot of things in the Bible that we need to do. A lot of things. Some are more difficult than others. But if we learn to love one another, we can walk in the fulfillment of the law. Amen. But it's not by focusing on the yes, no, and the right and the wrong. That should not be our focus. You don't go out there into the community trying not to break the law. I don't come to life group ready to kill Angus and be like, what do I have to do not to kill Angus today? That's not how I, 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 I do life group. Amen? I'll connect group. <laughs> I love my brother, so that's not an issue. I love my sister, so that's not an issue. Amen? When you love people, you raise the, the, the expectation. You raise the, the, what's the word that I'm looking for? You raise the level. You raise the bar. Amen? So it's easy to go through life saying, this is what God has called us to do, so let's make sure we tick all the boxes. But I tell you right now, it's easier to walk in love because there's only one thing you need to do, only one box you need to tick, and that's treat others the way you would like them to treat you. Because I tell you now, I'm not going to kill myself, so I'm not going to kill Angus. Amen? Amen? I want people to love on me, so therefore I should love on people. If I muck up, I don't want to be kicked out the door. So why would I kick somebody else out the door? We've got to be very careful because the Bible is clear. If you live by the law, you will be judged by it. And I assure everyone in this room, you don't want to be judged by the law. Because across the what? However many years old this earth and this planet is, there is only one person. One person that has walked this earth and walked out the law of God to its fullness. And I can tell you right now, it ain't me. And it's not you. Amen? So the law is good. Because it identifies areas in our life that we need work with. Right? We're not saying throw the law out of the window. The law is not significant. The law doesn't matter. No, the law is important. Because it identifies areas in our life that we need growth with. It identifies areas where we need to uh, fix. It identifies areas that we may need help with. But those areas that, we, that God identifies in our walk with Him to be uh, significant areas of growth is not significant, era, it's not significant for, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Excommunication is not the word, but you know what I mean? These areas that God identifies 
does not give someone else the right to disqualify you. This is why I love the life group study that we are doing right now. Connect group study we're doing now. Connect group, connect group, connect group, connect group, connect group. <laughs> That's why I love the connect group study that we are doing now because it, it, it teaches that you don't have to get it all, you don't have to have it all together, you don't have to be perfect, you can make mistakes, but that does not change God's plan and purpose for your life. Amen? I look forward to doing life with everybody in this room. And I am aware that there will be slip-ups along the way. But we've got to hold on that the promises of God is not, is not tied to how correct or right we are. Amen? God will outwork His plans for you. Believe it or not, He knows that you are going to mess up. He's omnipotent. Amen? He's aware. That is why He's placed you in a house with other people. So that when you do need to uh, 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 get carried, that there are people there to carry you. That when you do need to be graced, there are people there to grace you. When the dirty stuff and the muck comes out, that there's someone there to sit by your side and help clean you up and not run around to the next person down the road and talk about what you are going through and why you are going through it. Amen? Love is one of the most powerful, powerful, I don't want to say tools, but it's one of the most powerful blessings that we have the privilege of sharing with one another. The Bible says that God is love. And if you are a born-again Christian, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. You have no reason not to be able to walk out of love, but He will partner with you as you journey with Him and as you go through things. Because, you know, one of the things with growth is when you come to uh, a part in your walk with God where, you, where you're doing pretty much everything all right, God will sometimes, well not sometimes, most of the time, He will put something in your path so that you can learn how to get over that. Amen? So that He can stretch you a little bit more. That's how we all learn. We don't learn by staying on the same level. We learn by going up, by doing something that's a little bit harder than where we were at now. Amen? So God's going to bring people around you that's going to be difficult to love. But you've got one another around to make sure that you are walking the right path. You've got people alongside you to make sure that you are, 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 are walking together. Amen. So I pray that you identify areas in your life where you can share a little bit of love on someone. Because I'm, if, if I'm just talking here about what, what the church should look like, that's great, but that's just a sermon, amen. And we over preaching sermons, amen. I want to challenge you because I know we've all got people in our life that may not be as easy to love as the person sitting next to you. So I want to challenge you this morning to stretch yourself a little bit, amen. Be graceful, amen. Because there's going to be people that's going to get things wrong. Don't be too quick to say, you can't do this, you can't do that. Walk with them, help them, empower them. Amen? Because, let's face it, there's not a lot of harvesters in this world. They are few. So we need everybody. Amen? And the only way we're going to get everybody and walk with everybody and, 
and influence this valley is through love. Amen? Amen. I'm going to pray and then invite Pastor Jay up. Heavenly Father, we just thank you that you are a powerful God. We just thank you that you are a God of love, a God of purpose, a God of, uh, of, of immense, immense ability and power. And we thank you, Lord, that you have called us for such a time as this. But you've not just called us to be people that come to church and sit on chairs and clap songs. You've called us to be people that move in the fullness of love. People that will be your hands and feet on this planet. People that will encounter people that other people may not want to love upon. But Lord, you have called us for such a time as this. That whoever comes upon our path, Lord Father, that you will give us the grace and the boldness to love. Including one another. In our strong times and in our weak times. So Lord, this is my prayer for each and every one under the sound of my voice. That as they go through this journey with you, that you will stretch them and you will empower them and you will fill them to be your hands and your feet on this earth. Amen.